Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I had two weeks between being told there was a 95% chance that the lump in my right breast was cancer and getting the biopsy result to confirm it. During that two weeks, we took our two youngest kids for a walk. And as we watched them trudge around a muddy playground, you said, look, hopefully you'll be in that 5% and it's not cancer. But if it is, well, loads of celebrities get breast cancer and it's like a thing for a year and then they're fine. (laughs) From anyone else, this might have felt dismissive or uncaring, but from you, it was so reassuringly matter of fact that I actually cling to it when chemo is hard or when I'm dreading the mastectomy. Welcome to Love Letter to My Friend, the podcast where friends write and share letters of love and thanks with each other. Hosted by me, Lisa Smazarski, And her friend, Alex Walker. Today we're joined by Rosamond Dean, a journalist and author who has worked for magazines including Stylist, Grazia and Women's Health. In January, Rosamond was diagnosed with breast cancer, a diagnosis that coincided with her leaving a full-time job. Within days, the new life she had anticipated was replaced with a grueling 20-week chemotherapy treatment plan, which will be followed by a mastectomy. Ros has been documenting her experience alongside her husband, Jonathan, and has been sharing her treatment progress on her Instagram page, at Rosamond Dean. Today, Rosamond is writing to her friend of 12 years, Hannah Marriott, a fashion editor at The Guardian. Rosamond and Hannah met in their late 20s, attending the same parties and celebrity junkets in their jobs as journalists. Their 30s meant a whirlwind of marriage, babies and mortgages, and now, as they near their next decade, they have found their friendship discover a whole new level, as, in Rosamond's word, shit gets real. Ros and Hannah, it is so lovely to have you with us today. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having us. Ah, oh, it's so, so good to have you here. Ros, how are you feeling about reading your letter out today? Oh, I'm feeling a bit apprehensive, actually. It feels quite, yeah, I don't know. It feels a bit, you know, to be so honest and vulnerable with your friend in that way. You, you don't really, you don't do it very often, do you? No, you really don't. I mean, we, we've talked about this a few times now, and actually it is all about making yourself vulnerable. You're exposing your emotions and it's, It's more nerve-wracking than you'd expect, I think. How about you? Are you uh, excited to hear what Rose has to say? Yeah, I'm super excited. But yeah, completely relate to feeling a bit apprehensive because I suppose in romantic love you get, you know, there's sort of occasions at which you say this kind of thing, but it is quite rare in platonic love. So yeah, but it's nice. (laughs) 
Yeah, we believe it's very affirming and actually sort of really helps the bond. So we will let you experience that for yourself. (laughs) Roz, whenever you're ready, we would love to hear your letter. Okay, here we go. Dear Hannah, we first met during that period in a person's late 20s when you're reassessing everything in your life. I was leaving my job on the entertainment desk of a women's magazine to go freelance and you were hired to replace me. Since we ended up on the same circuit of launch parties and film screenings, we soon became each other's wing women, bonding particularly on a trip to the Cannes Film Festival, where we replaced sleep with champagne and stressy calls from our editors. When we met, we were both living with long-term boyfriends that had defined our 20s, but not long after I left my job, my relationship ended too. Then so did yours, and we were both hurtling towards 30, single and delirious with possibilities. 12 years later, We're both married with two children each and inevitably we no longer see each other as much as I would like. Our lives have gone from gossiping giddily while dashing between parties to sitting in each other's gardens, attempting to follow the thread of a conversation while being relentlessly pestered by our kids. Now we're more likely to be swapping kombucha recommendations or chatting about something we've heard on the Goop podcast than falling out of a Soho dive bar full of cheap white wine but you still make me laugh more than anyone with your deadpan burns, and I still feel that I can tell you anything. You're one of the few people with whom I can be really honest about things like the fact that I didn't actually have the best time ever at my wedding because both of my parents were there, which I know you understand because while some divorced parents are like Gwyneth and Chris, some are like ours. I've always admired the way that you've learned to navigate that dynamic as an only child, and it's probably why you're so resilient, pragmatic, and have zero tolerance for unnecessary drama. These days, we're dealing with another set of challenges, and some are quite similar to the quarter-life crises from when we first met. We both recently decided to leave great jobs because we wanted the freedom of being freelance, but other things we're facing now are very different to the stabs in the dark we were making in our 20s. Lockdown parenthood, our own parents being ill, and for me, a cancer diagnosis at 40 has meant shit getting more real than either of us would have liked. But even though you've been dealing with your dad's own cancer treatment on top of work and kids and everything else, you've really been there for me, even turning up with a collection of silk scarves when I started losing my hair. I had two weeks between being told there was a 95% chance that the lump in my right breast was cancer and getting the biopsy result to confirm it. During that two weeks, we took our two youngest kids for a walk, and as we watched them trudge around a muddy playground, you said, look, hopefully you'll be in that 5% and it's not cancer, but if it is, well, loads of celebrities get breast cancer and it's like a thing for a year and then they're fine. (laughs) From anyone else, this might have felt dismissive or uncaring, but from you, it was so reassuringly matter-of-fact that I actually cling to it when chemo is hard or when I'm dreading the mastectomy. Thinking of my cancer as just a thing for a year helps me put it in perspective. It stops my anxiety spiraling. I knew your response would be more helpful than the furrowed brows and sympathetic noises that I usually get when people find out I've got cancer. And once we're out the other side of all this, I'm looking forward to the future. Our 30s have been such a frenzy of rushing between hugely busy jobs and getting married, having kids, moving houses, barely pausing to take a breath. I think our 40s are going to be our freedom decade where we've worked out what's important to us and reclaimed our time. Time for long lunches and more of the kind of frank conversations that put the world to rights. In 40 years time, I can imagine us living our best lives in some sun-drenched retirement community. 
I don't know where our husbands are in this scenario, but it's basically the Golden Girls with better clothes, and I can't wait. Thank you for being my friend. Love, Rosamond. Aww. <laughs> That's so lovely. Aww, thank you. I want to be the Golden Girls. <laughs> I loved this letter, Ros, because I don't know, something about the dynamic of your friendship really reminds me of some of my best friends as well. And we actually talk about the Golden Girls and <laughs> what we're going to do when we're all past the parenting and we're on a yacht somewhere and it's just <laughs> us again and it's like, that's what's going to get us through the next few sleepless nights, etc. So yeah, I really loved it. Hannah, how did it make you feel? Oh, it's just lovely. I mean, I'm very relieved there's at least two Gwyneth references in there. I think, <laughs> I think that's important. She's someone important to you, yeah, she's, she's our guiding star. <laughs> no, it was so lovely. Yeah, it meant a lot to me. It was really lovely. And I am quite relieved that comparing uh, you know that bringing up celebrities during the cancer diagnosis chat was actually useful and not just completely inappropriate but um. <laughs> when you heard that actually I saw your face and you reacted when you you sort of like cringe laughed <laughs> as uh, Ros said it do you realize that Ros hangs on to that Has, do you know that she carries that line with her no I didn't and that's yeah that is so good to know and it was I mean I remember so vividly that conversation as you can imagine and it was very difficult because 95% is just terrible odds so you know it was very sort of likely that Rosamond did have cancer but at the same time you don't sort of want to believe it so it was a really difficult day I remember it yeah so so vividly just hoping beyond hope maybe it wasn't true but yeah you do hear a lot you know a lot of positive stories with breast cancer so I thought it was important to sort of say that from the off really focus on those yeah, yeah. that was such a weird time because I had the biopsy just before Christmas and then the results were going to be early January so it was over that festive mm, period so. where obviously this year we couldn't see anyone because of the rules so rather than worry our families, we just decided not to tell anyone until we had the results. So Hannah was one of the like three people who knew. And it was really nice to be able to talk about it because obviously mm. it was such a anxious time. I mean, obviously going through that in isolation and needing to reach out, was that a conscious decision to reach out to Hannah specifically then? Yeah. I mean, there were a couple of friends that I told at that time and, and texted, but I think Hannah was the only one that I saw. How did you respond? I mean, did you have any inkling that you were about to be given some big news? I mean, I, I just can't imagine how hard it must be to hear your friend say that to you. Yeah, it was, I think Rosamond had told me that there was maybe a lump and she was going to have it tested. But one of the wonderful things about Rosamond is just how optimistic she is. She's always optimistic about everything. And I think she was kind of like, oh, oh it'll probably be fine. So obviously I was a bit worried, but just went with that. Um, and then, yeah, when we talked that day and she told me about the 95% chance, as I said, I just, it's just that sort of slowly dawning realization that it might be really bad. But I guess in some ways, maybe I was almost lucky that by the time I knew it was bad, I'd had some chance to sort of prepare for that because I'd heard about the 95%. But yeah, it's just such a shock. Rosamond's so young, she's so healthy. You know, I've, as Rosamond said, I've dealing with cancer in my family, but but you know that's with someone who's a lot older and it's just such a shock somebody that you sort of see all the time in such a sort of positive bubbly light and someone that you've known since you're quite young for that to happen so early it's just horrible yeah 
Roz, when you did get the diagnosis confirmed, how did it feel to have to tell friends? Because, you know, this is something that's happening to you, but was there a feeling as well that you were about to tell them this really big piece of news and you had to then deal with their feelings as well? I'm really lucky, actually, that my friends and especially Hannah are very sounds very boring to say practical but but it is actually really important in that kind of scenario when you're giving somebody bad news because you do hear a lot of people that have something like cancer happen to them you do hear a lot of people say that when they tell their friends and family then they get upset and then they end up having to comfort those people and tell them it will be okay Obviously, it's very sad that Hannah has had experience of cancer in her family. So she really knows the drill with chemo and all the tests and all the kind of day-to-day grimness of it, which I personally had no idea about until I actually had to do it myself. My aunt had cancer last year, but she was in Scotland and my mum was kind of doing the the day-to-day, all of that stuff. So I wasn't really fully aware of how it's almost like a full-time job, all the appointments and all the all the things you have to do around cancer. So I think Hannah's kind of help and support has been really practical and really kind of, this is shit, but you will get through it. And, you know, it's I found that really helpful. I think there's a lot to be said for that, actually, isn't there? And I think, you know, there are many scenarios in which our friends step into the breach and just go, right, I've got this for you. I'm going to sort this for you. I'm guiding you through that. Because not everyone needs the same thing, do they? You know, you need someone to go, right, this is shit. Be pragmatic. Let Help me navigate this period of time rather than, as you say, the furrowed brow, the heaviness, the sadness that perhaps yeah. can be given as well. And I think, you know, that's something I can relate to. I could really know that I would probably need that too in that situation. You know, Alex and I have had scenarios when we worked together and, you know, I had some stuff going on in my own life and I messaged her one morning and said, I'm going to fall apart today, just so you know. So when I get to work, could you like just maybe take the piss a bit or, you know, lighten the mood or just distract me from the reality of what's going on? I don't want to hug. I need something else from you during this time. And I think we have quite a similar dynamic in those situations. We We have... And it's, I think, one of the best things about a really good friend is them knowing what it is that you need as a friend. And it sounds like you guys really do know that. You were explaining that you have four more chemo sessions to go of a what's been going on, or in total will be 20 weeks. So you're quite a long way through the process now. How has your friendship played out during this time? How has Hannah been able to be there for you? Well, obviously, it's been extraordinary circumstances under which I've had cancer because of the pandemic and lockdown and so my chemo started in January when we were in full lockdown you know we had the kids at home all the time and so during that time Hannah was really really supportive and we couldn't see each other but it just in terms of like messaging each other and doing things like we signed up for a stand-up comedy night that we watched live and, and, uh, from us it's almost like going to a stand-up comedy gig together but we're on our sofas oh preferable <laughs> I think yeah <laughs> I mean yeah. So, yeah just trying to do things to kind of feel normal you know like to not think about cancer all the time basically because you can't go out and can't do things during lockdown it's it is kind of cancer 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 all the time because you're just at home thinking about having cancer so 
she's been very helpful in that regard. And then since we've been allowed to see people, and yeah, she came over with a in her capacity as a fashion editor, she has access to uh, lots of amazing pieces and she turned up with this collection of incredible silk scarves for when my hair started falling out it was amazing because it's such an upsetting thing when your hair starts falling out and I'm wearing the cold cap to try and prevent it but it, it doesn't prevent it it only reduces it really so without the cold cap I'd be completely bald now so as it is I'm kind of bald on top and I have like some stringy bits so I, I sort of have to wear a head, some kind of headscarf or hat yeah it, it was amazing that Hannah Fashion editor approved headscarf. Yeah, exactly. Also, I was going to say it has been difficult though with lockdown because that again, it was at its most full on point when I first found out. And I just thought, oh my God, what can I do? I can't go and see her. It's absolutely mad that I can't go and see her. And Mm. I think I sent you a couple of gifts and I was like, am I just like bombing her with like plants (laughs) and flowers and stuff because I can't actually be there, which is just so horrible and yeah luckily has that has eased a bit but it must be so difficult for you uh, Rosamond during that time not being able to distract yourself is just yeah and to have to deal with just the normal you know pains of lockdown when you've got your children at home and you're homeschooling and how that impacts your relationship and really I don't know about you but such an intense period I just wanted to see my friends so much to get away from ah, everybody at home's driving me insane and I yes. think it makes us miss our friends more than ever. Definitely. I, mean, I love my husband and kids, but I like every <laughs> single day in my, <laughs> in my face every day. And uh, yeah, it would be, I was desperate to get out of the house and see my friends during that time. Absolutely. One of the things that you talk about in, in your letter is this shit gets real and I think it's something that I can really resonate with a lot of my friends you know I'm, I'm 39 um, and the last few years just seems to have been the time when things are real problems are real you know with people yeah. dealing with divorce and redundancy and, and big big things how does it feel to know that you've got each other's back through that you know whatever it is and how have Hannah how has, has Ros supported you through some of those bigger events in your life as well Oh my gosh, so, so much. Yeah, I mean, it is, there is something that happens, isn't there, where as you sort of get closer to 40 and, or it has done for me, that I sort of look back on the problems I used to have and I, you know, there always used to be an upside, like you'd break up with a boyfriend, but actually you would accept that while it's painful, it was for the best, that kind of thing. Whereas some of the things that happen now, there isn't really an upside, you just have to accept it, which is, you, you know, really, really hard. And Rosamond's always been there for me. There was also one thing that sort of doesn't seem like a real problem on reflection. But for example, I I moved to the suburbs a couple of years ago and I'm definitely happy about it in the pandemic because we've got a garden and so on. But I don't know, it sort of cut to the heart of like my identity and growing up. And I, I just felt really quite unsettled. And I woke up every day thinking, why do I live here? I don't understand. <laughs> Who am I? What's going on? And I remember so distinctly Rosamond coming round with her little girl and we, you know, like bearing gifts and us having a lovely day and me seeing actually why it was lovely to have a garden and a bit of space. And actually I didn't need to lose touch with my entire former life. And that that day is so, you know, precious to me as a moment in which I thought, oh no, actually life totally goes on. And I was, yeah, that was during a really, we were going through some family stuff as well at that time. It was really hard. And but she's always been that person, like incredibly optimistic, upbeat. She doesn't really 
you know, if you're having a problem, she has a really great knack of actually listening and talking it through with you and being kind, but also being optimistic at the same time, which is such a rare kind of balance. Mm. But yeah, no, she's always been there for me, always been super understanding. And I suppose, as she said with me, like, you have some friends who mean well, but they say they sort of minimise your problems because they say, you know, oh, no, no, but it doesn't need to be as bad as you think it is. Whereas yeah, Osborne yeah. will say, no, that is shit, actually. Yeah, I can see why you're finding that difficult kind of thing. It's just so well observed because I think those platitudes, although well meant, are incredibly frustrating sometimes, aren't they? Because they don't make things better. You know, they won't solve your problem. And although we all want to take our friends' problems away, those words can't do it. And I think sometimes just being heard, a really great listener to one another is just such an amazing gift. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I was really also struck by, you mentioned that day in your home, and I think this is something we're really unearthing, that there tend to be moments in a friendship that perhaps take your own relationship onto a next stage that you find something in each other. I kind of hear that a bit in you. You'd taken on a new chapter. Your life was changing. Does that mark a new stage in your friendship, the day that Roz comes around to your house and you realise everything's going to be okay? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think there was a real sense of that I could bring some of the best elements of my old life, which, you know, very much include Rosamond into my new life. And whereas I'd felt that it was some kind of weird break from it and that, that I was sort of letting go of my past. It was so nice. Yeah, it was so nice to see that. Yeah. Uh, it's something I really else I really like about your friendship. And I think it's something I feel about you, Lisa, as well in our friendship <laughs> it's just the honesty, you know, the anecdote about your wedding and saying, actually, it wasn't the best day of my life. And, you know, it was difficult. You know, the relief at having somebody that you can share those things that you're probably not maybe supposed to say, and there's no performance, there's no, this is how I should feel. It's such a gift. And for me, is always the most bonding thing. Is there anything else that you're brutally honest with each other about? 
that maybe it's something, it's something else like that that you've only told each other and you don't talk to other people about because you no, think you want to tell you. everyone on a podcast. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> List them all now. <laughs> I do think Ros did hit the nail on the head with that in terms of I think we both have like there's a certain sort of fraughtness with our sort of divorced parents that I think not everyone will understand that we definitely understand about each other for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't always want to talk to other people about that necessarily, whereas I know I can talk to Rosalind about it because she kind of gets it. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, I guess we had, because we both resigned from our jobs to go freelance fairly recently, and we had lots of conversations about that that were very honest that I don't think I'd be able to have with that many other people, really. The thing you were saying earlier about how sometimes people can kind of almost dismiss your problems when you're talking to somebody about something that's important to you. And I think I've described Hannah as practical in this, but actually Hannah is also just an amazing listener when it comes to sharing a problem and without having to be practical. It's like knowing when to be practical and knowing when to just be like, that is just really shit and I'm sorry. because. You don't always want somebody to be like, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And I think that is something that friends are really good at, that maybe, I don't know if it's a man thing or if it's uh, my <laughs> husband that thing. That is such a good point. That is a really good point. It's true, you know, I don't know, certainly my partner. They like to fix it. And if they can't fix it, they can't really hear it. And that is something exactly. that my female friendships definitely give me that. Yes. Um, Rosamond and I were talking about this the other day and we were saying that I saw something on Instagram and I said to my husband it was like I wasn't included in a thing it's a boring thing but anyway and I said to my husband why does everyone hate me and he said oh, I don't know why does everyone hate you do you think it's because they think you're like you bit too shy or like what is it let's sort of workshop this I was like oh my god that is the honest thing you don't Brilliant. want isn't yeah. it <laughs> Come on, guys. Come on. <laughs> I want to take you back to when you met, because actually your lives sound very similar to mine, actually, at that time. So obviously work in the same industry, but, you know, it was kind of a very carefree 20s. I also split up with someone just before I turned 30 and had that kind of, but I didn't have anyone in the same voters me and it struck me about how incredible that would be if you were on that journey is that what united you at that time I mean meeting in your late 20s obviously you've already got established friendships and a world what brought you together and how did you find room for your friendship to blossom around that I should say first that I've made it sound as if Hannah is the same age as me, but actually she is a couple of years younger. I turned 40 last year, but Hannah has only just turned 39. This is true, so, but there's not much in it. Don't get Alex started because she's the baby of the group. So <laughs> yeah, so I was actually, when I was writing the letter, I was trying to remember because I remembered, I guess when we met, I was 28, I think. Were you 26? Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, yeah, I reckon so, yeah. That's about right. So yeah, I think I left my job, broke up with my boyfriend, and that all happened in quite quick succession. And I think Hannah 
you came out of your relationship a bit later, maybe a year later, was it? Yeah, although I was quite, I think, you know, that sort of classic relationship of your late 20s where we were, we'd grown apart so much, so I would just be out all the time. I'm sure he was out all the time, and um, me and Rosamund particularly would just be at, we both loved movies. We'd be out at screenings. I mean, I can't imagine it now in this lockdown life, but we were <laughs> yeah. at like five days a week and parties afterwards and there would just be invites to so many different things and we'd just sort of twirl around them. <laughs> yeah, it probably it probably prolonged your breakup because you could avoid seeing each other for so long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. But also, I, think, yeah. I feel like I was quite, that's over move on and I think you tried harder to um save your relationship yeah it was all a bit agonizing and drawn out wasn't it but yeah whereas you made quite a clean break I think we had so much fun together we had really common interests we're both very into sort of music film culture and I think we both I don't know I think we both kind of appreciated how much fun it was and what a sort of honor it was if you look at it in the right way to be invited to stuff like that and just really wanted to make the most of it like we didn't moan about it we didn't say oh god I'm really knackered you know we just sort of went for it and yeah really really enjoyed it which was lovely and I think also at the same time I'd always felt like a bit of an outsider because I got this job at this you know really top women's magazine but I've been working on a trade magazine until then so I had proper imposter syndrome and thought god everyone knows each other and it's such a sort of closed world of sort of glossy magazine journalism and Rosamond just was always like never judgy never sort of clicky never you know a lot of other people you meet in that world really talk about their contacts quite a lot and Rosamond is so down to earth and would just never go in for any of that and I think she really stood out for that reason so we sort of had real fun together but also had like a real grounding of reality which was just really lovely. If you're lucky enough to work in an industry that's kind of ridiculous and fun then I think it's good to have a sense of the ridiculousness of it and just enjoy it. It really is yeah I mean when you mention can it sounds like you definitely made the uh, most of the experience. I'm very jealous of the can. That was amazing I remember we um I would set my alarm to go to get up in the morning and it was one of those terrible alarms that said when you set it it would say like your alarm's going off in x hours and it would literally be like your alarm's going off in 45 minutes because <laughs> <laughs> absolutely horrendous the, yeah. the parties in Cannes start at like midnight don't they yeah. and then the, the first screening the next day is like at 7 30 in the morning yeah. it's crazy <laughs> I think it's nice though because after that then you go into you know marriage kids no sleep for an entirely new reason and it's not I don't know but I still reminisce about those days when I'm sort of mid play date do you remember that time when we had a live <laughs> and we had that brilliant night and it's quite nice to have those minutes to hang on to yeah it's sustaining for sure yeah yeah and I, and I remember yeah you have certain friends for certain parts of your life and some friends are like your kind of party friends and some friends are your mum friends and you have friends that are great in different situations or for different purposes and I think Hannah is a rare breed of person who's a friend in every situation because mm. I remember so she's you know the friend you can go to parties with but then also I remember when my daughter was born my husband had a work event that I really wanted to go to to support him but I just had the my second child and you know when you have a, a newborn baby you don't want to just when they're older you ditch them with anyone but when you, when you get a newborn, you're like oh, and our, our parents like weren't nearby enough to help out so Hannah came and babysat 
And it's quite a big ask to ask somebody to, look, to babysit for a two and a half year old and a newborn baby. Like I felt totally fine asking her and she was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is a sign of a good friendship. When you really can leave. I mean, it really is though, because that's ultimate trust, isn't it? There's someone you trust yeah. above all else. There aren't that many people you can ask to do that. Even if you trust someone to do it, it's also a bit of a stressful thing to do. So I've got a fun night out for you. Come and look after my two children. <laughs> <laughs> How has your friendship changed since that time? So obviously you're you both have children now and you know it's a new chapter in your life and what brought you together probably has passed because not least because of lockdown and the pandemic actually, but that lifestyle doesn't exist. What unites you now as friends? I was thinking what Rosamond said about the fact that we could sort of party, but then we still could, you know, console each other and trust each other properly, which is rare um, in a sort of friend that you also have fun drinking with. That's sort of definitely what's carried us through. When Rosamond and Jonathan had their first child, they were extremely lucky and he was a sleeper so for for that reason I know (laughs) don't tell me that the minute (laughs) (laughs) for that reason and also just because they were brilliant they really managed to be you know as unscathed as you could be by the process and still had us around for dinner and and that sort of thing so that sort of eased us into it gently now we've both got two children it's all bets are off and you know not <laughs> locked down so yeah so that the, the sort of nights out and everything have definitely dried up but there's just such trust there and also we, we are really lucky that we've met I guess our lives have mirrored each other's a lot and we've both had two children around the same time so we can talk about the way that it changes your life and we can sort of yeah enjoy the nice bits the first time the kids ever started playing together you know when they were just old enough to actually notice other kids was so lovely just to see that next generation sort of like you know drumming along I remember one day they started drum along together at the dinner table having always um, ignored each other until then and we were kind of like oh it's so and it's so lovely and now they're old enough that they can sort of amuse each other while we chat just about (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's very similar with Alex and I because obviously having worked together in a similar environment but I think for me I really like the fact that we know each other in that work capacity the professional capacity we know what each other is capable of and then we're both crawling around a ball pit and it's like you know you understand someone's true identity their full identity and all the different facets I think it is quite a unique bond actually that that creates my last question for you the golden girls so (laughs) who's who what do the freedom years look like I can't remember their names. Who, who I only the know one is called Blythe. 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 Blanche. Who's Blanche? Blanche is obviously was the small. She's the little one. Who is the very tall one? <laughs> I, I need to know. Isn't she Blythe? She's the tall, sarcastic one. That's who I always get told I am. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all I remember. That's all I've got for you. <laughs> Hannah, if you could say anything to Rosamond you know, in the way that she's expressed some of her thoughts to you, what would you say? Oh, well, yeah, thank you for being an amazing friend. Thank you for being so kind. There's something really lovely about you. I mean, there are many things, but one of the lovely things is 
you know, you have that sort of dry humour and that ability to roll your eyes if someone's being unreasonable, but you're never bitchy at the same time, which I just really appreciate. I think it's so nice not to be Pollyannaish and to be kind of, you know, have a cackle about things, but just to have a really kind heart and want the best for everyone. And that's so you. And I just love that about you. And yeah, I'm so grateful that our lives have tracked each other in their sort of shifting stages because we're just really lucky in that regard because, you know, that's such a rare thing and that we can enjoy different things with each other and that our kids get on together now. And yeah, I totally, I totally relate to the whole retirement community thing because I can see that we could sort of reinstate some of the drinking mindfully, obviously, mindful <laughs> drinking and yeah, getting dressed up again. I could see that happening. But yeah, can't yeah, imagine thanks. getting dressed up again. <laughs> yeah. oh. it all happened but yeah oh. thank you oh I feel a bit emotional <laughs> I do <laughs> this is such a nice thing to do because like it's so rare that you sit down with a friend and kind of say why they're important to you and why you really appreciate them and in fact you, you never do really I think it's kind of I've known Hannah longer than I've known my husband and you know she's been more of a constant <laughs> throughout my life so it's Aww. yeah and it's very special. It is special. And it just makes you realise that actually, in some ways, we should do it more. That's what I think through doing this, telling our friends, actually, those little things that make them special is, you know, just a very unique thing. And I think it does bring you closer together. I think it's lovely. Thank you so much, Beth. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I'm feeling really quite emotional after that conversation. And, you know, I think that's a combination of, I really relate to their friendship. It feels very similar to ours in lots of ways. And obviously, Hannah's ability to be there for Rosamond during this really difficult time in the right way mm. is really interesting. You know, I was so struck by her response and how much that's resonated with Ros and she's hung on to that you know the uh it'll be like a celebrity it'll be a thing for a year and then we'll look back on it but I think knowing your friend well enough to know what to say in very difficult situations is obviously something very special and unique if I think of all my friends each one of them would need something slightly different from me you know and and you, you do you don't just you do have to kind of tailor your response and to what you know that person needs and they clearly know each other so well that she knew the nugget that she needed to cling on to and that she actually is taking it through with her and you know some of the really trying times during um chemotherapy well that's just you know there's something really lovely lovely there and and the other thing I think just knowing that even though inevitably this period of our life is when things start to get tougher you mm. know we start dealing with real problems to know that you've got somebody that you know it will be your friends who will get you through that. They're just, it's just nice, isn't it? Yeah, it is nice. And I think, you know, as Rosamond was saying towards the end there, um, you don't say these things out loud. And actually she hadn't told Hannah that that sentence, that is the thing that she clings on to in chemotherapy. And, And that really struck me as well, because, you know, that was why we wanted to start this podcast, wasn't it? It was that we wanted people to tell each other how they feel. We wanted to be the cupids of the platonic friendship world. But actually, when you hear it happening, it just really reconfirms why it's so important because it's almost bonding to say these things. It brings you together. 
And I think, you know, when I wrote my letter to you, it did make me think of some of the things that I do that you've said to me that I carry through in certain situations and not just work situations, life situations, you know, and it is nice to reflect on how Mm. much you take your friends with you into, yeah, into every bit of your life, even when they're not there. They become you, don't they? You know, those bits stick with you. I mean, sometimes you don't know where it starts and where it finishes with friends, I think, because it's like, who said it? Who who started it? Whose idea or whose outlook? Because you merge and become more and more similar. But I think, again, you just, yeah, you carry them with you for your life. And what an amazing thing it is. It is. Thank you again to Rosamond for writing such an incredible and powerful letter. Ros's book, Mindful Drinking, How Cutting Down Can Change Your Life, is out now. We really hope you get well soon, Rosamond. If you've been affected by cancer as a patient or as a loved one to someone who is ill, you can access support from Macmillan Cancer Support at macmillan.org.uk. If you've been inspired to write a love letter to your friend, and we really hope you do because we're on a mission to reclaim love letters for the most important relationships in our life, we want to read and hear yours. Hop over to our Love Letter to My Friend account on Instagram and DM us your letters and voice notes, and we shall put our favourites in a future episode. We'd like to ask you a friendly favour too. If you rate and review this podcast, it really helps us reach more people. And don't forget to subscribe so you can hear more friends share their love letters in the future. Thanks for listening, friends. This series is created by hosts and friends Lisa Smazarski and Alex Walker and is an II Studios production. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.